Good evening, Bob. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, that was a combination of today and tonight. By oh, nice. Today, today. I'm okay. Today. Okay. Good. That's good to hear. You had your first, your second shot. Yes, I did. I had it yesterday. Oh, yesterday. So you're feeling it today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's going on? All right. So you're going to be practically useless. That's fine. I made it through a fair amount of books. Despite the fact that nice. I spent an awesome. hour and a half at, at uh, Martin's buying art supplies. It was pretty sweet. Pretty awesome. Actually, no, it wasn't an hour and a half. It was like 45 minutes. Good enough. Um, okay, so let's go through what we got today. Um, <clears throat> weird things because of weird shipping in the order that look like they're sold out, but they just didn't ship this week, which was stupid. Uh, first one being Absolute Swamp Thing. We didn't actually get the second volume of Absolute Swamp Thing this week. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to show up next week and it was just a shipping error. But uh, it's one we don't get. But what we did get is Amazing Spider-Man number 65. Um, that issue sucked. Um, <laughs> no, no sugarcoating that one. I was not a fan. Um, art was funky. Story was confusing and the only saving grace is that the last page points to a team up that i'm really really excited about <laughs> so that's okay i mean it did have man gog which i i always enjoy man gog whenever he's in any of these so that part was fun um but uh yeah not not so great um america chavez number three is out uh cool uh, Batman number 108 is out. Definitely one of the best splash pages I have seen in a very long time on page one of Batman 108. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, it's this was a particularly convoluted issue, I thought, but uh, it was it was fine. Um, again, I'm not a huge Batman fan, so I'm not the perfect perfect person to to talk about this one uh, this miracle molly is a weird weird design yeah there's a lot of this like technicolor um like what you would have called club kids design going on in uh in this this most recent run we've got a lot of people who look like you know new jersey moms it's it's odd <laughs> but i don't know it's it's a it's a fun change of pace I, and as far as she goes, she's an interesting one because we still don't know what her deal is. The whole issue goes all the way through and we're still not really even sure what her alignment is. So she's an interesting, she's an interesting character. Yeah. It's nice to see, uh, I'm just flipping through it now. I haven't had a chance to read it, but it's nice to see Gordon uh, back as well. Spoiler alert, Gordon is not back. What? <laughs> uh yeah all right well but that is that is a thing uh i could be wrong that could be gordon i think it's bruce wayne but uh, mm. he has a fake mustache he has a fake he's all prosthetic up. it does seem to yeah. not have a mustache halfway through the comic <laughs> and then they give him a zorro mask um yes. and then the entire city burns down Wow, that's a lot of fire trucks. 
I can't hear it at all if that's all, any uh, consolation. Well, well, good. They're all pulling up out in front of my store, so that makes me feel great. Oh, well, might be a short podcast. Well, except it might be. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so what do we got next? We've got uh, Batman Fortnite zero point number two. Uh, unfortunately, unlike the first one where I knew that this was going to be money and I was like, okay, we've got to make sure we get this. Every person and their brother is going to be looking for this, this friggin' book. I kind of spaced on the second one and got like three copies. <laughs> so uh, I got them to my Batman, like my everything Batman people and I sold out and I have actually, that's not true. I do have one copy left. Uh, that I'm holding for uh, this kid who is this this mother who's really trying very hard to get these to her kids, Aww. and it's it's driving her crazy to drive around, and everybody's limiting her to one and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, normally I'd let you have three, but I got one left. Why does she need so many copies? She has seven children. Oh, oh. <laughs> she has and. So every one of them has their own Fortnite account and they're all upset that they're not going to get it. Here's the, the, the critical spoiler on this for everybody who is like a Fortnite fan. The reason why you should not spend money on these on the secondary market, the second, third, fourth printings of these all have the codes. Oh. So stop it. Yeah. Stop spending money right now. Like do not pay more than $4 or $5 or whatever the fuck these things cost. Because the, the second printings are going to have the code too. So you're fine. Just, yeah. just wait. Just hang on. Don't because they're going for 25 bucks on eBay. Don't pay that. Wait. And we'll have second and third printings. This is the only one I didn't order 30 copies of. I just I, I don't know. I just missed the FOC or something. There was a time when I was like, well, nobody's gonna want to read this. And then I realized they had the codes and I was like, oh shit got to change my orders and apparently i changed it to everything except number two um long story short, <laughs> or long story short story long uh batman ninja turtles three trade paperback is out these are all gold if you care about either character you will either groups of characters you're gonna want to read these they're fucking phenomenal um way better than they should be beast of burden occupied territory number two is out Another great book. Oh man, there is a. I'm looking really looking at it right now, and there is a horrific scene about halfway through this that is nasty. <laughs> Holy shit, uh, that is gross. But not like gory, just I, gross. Just the idea of it. Can I say that I'm that it makes me really happy to see a Jill Thompson cover on this? Um, mm. It actually, it actually kind of like warmed my heart because I know there were some issues with the two of them because you know he was really obsessed with getting the books out and she didn't have time to draw them and blah 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 and there was a there was a whole weird tension for a little while and i'm really psyched that like it seems like that seems like kind of a you know yeah a making moment yeah and um, I, I love ben dewey's art uh and dorkin ooh. is like really good at uh and actually having listened to a fair amount of his horror uh podcast that he has um he is a uh crazy uh appreciator of horror uh to the extent that like you would imagine like an eltingville script but like imagine a, a horror sh horror movie podcast like the last one i listened to was two episodes 
episodes of uh, the Poltergeist movies, all of them. And like, uh, it's him and some other guy. Huh. Uh, it's called Tear, Tear Them All Apart, I think. Plug it. Why not? Okay. Uh, it's really good. But anyway, like, he's like clearly like, um, like a much better horror writer than you would expect from the guy who makes milk and cheese and, and Eltingville club and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I definitely saw it. I've seen it from the beginning. Yeah. He's got, he's got a horror flair. Yeah, he does. Is, is he he does. Well, the, the, and he's, he's a, he's an illustrator too. So he's, you know, creating scripts that are um, really like, tailored for, uh, for just like, know how to write. For yeah. There's like, literally there's like a, a, a a thing here where like the the two dogs and this story i don't we probably should spend a huge amount of time talking about it but it's a world war ii era with the wise dog and uh like the the old dog that's still around in the in the more modern ones and uh it's him and this kind of young pup and uh they are um solving an occult mystery like they always do but uh this one is uh grody to the max (laughs) A grody occult movie. <laughs> but it's also drawn in this like really uh, loving kind of like it's not it's yes. like very soft. It's not yes. like gross, yeah. which to me is a huge turnoff. It's like it's gross, but it's like the idea of it is gross, which is like my favorite right. horror films are the ones that like allude to the grossness more than just like show you every inch of intestine, you know. I, I have an appreciation for both, but uh, no, you do. We've had this conversation <laughs> you, before, as you may have as you may have <laughs> guessed. Uh, Berserk Deluxe Edition Hardcover Volume Seven, we have now, um, and one of my favorite books of the week. I don't know that this is really a book of the week because I don't know that this is actually a book for the American audience. But uh, Broken Souls Ballad Number One. Mm. This book is phenomenal. Cool. Like it is just amazing. Uh, it's hard to describe. It's essentially a horror superhero story. Um, it is, you know, it's basically you got you got your kids developing powers, developing your X Men powers, but then you've got a very dark story on top of it about how horrific those powers are. And the people who are exploiting those powers and how they're being how they're being found and used and it's it's hard to explain exactly what's going on you've got your main character who is sort of possessed of a doberman or uh, not a doberman a uh, a mastiff or a pit bull or something like that he's sort of like half and half human and pit bull and it sort of manifests out of him when he's in trouble or angry or whatever um, and it does terrible things, but he's only just basically trying to protect himself. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I can't say enough good stuff about this. Uh, it is from, it's from Joe's imprint from, uh, from Scout. I think it was taken from Italy and then reprinted in the U.S. I could be crazy. He told me something about something, and my brain is mush. So when I was listening, I was hearing ma 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 ma. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's the deal. Uh, we got a trade for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Willow. That is out. That is the Boom series. We've got Carnage, Black and White, and Blood number three. Pretty cool. Uh, Commanders in Crisis number eight is out. Crime Syndicate number three of six. 
continues to be a really fun, funny book. Yeah. Very unpopular because people don't like fun stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only thing I don't like I don't about know. it is I don't like uh, the the Flash. I don't like the design of the the Power Man, the the Crime Syndicate Flash. But mm. uh, this was really cool yeah, because it did have um like the earth three versions of like a lot of characters dc characters that you haven't seen earth three versions of very much uh like vixen and aquaman and others i thought it was fun yeah great book we got a trade paperback of dark knights death metal multiverse who laughs that's all of those that's all the little crazy one-offs some really fun stories in there including that Patton Oswalt's uh, World of Evil Pets story. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the super, the evil super pets. Nice. Loved that. Uh, Dead Dog's Bite, number three. Good stuff. We got a complete trade paperback for uh, Dead Man Logan, uh, which was a great series. Yeah. Well, worth, well worth checking out. Uh, Deep Beyond, number four, the Mirka and Dolfo thing that I'm not really understanding uh it the monster design was fucking sweet um but i did not follow it much past the first issue um die number 16 is out and one of the most exciting things of the week for horror fans everybody tales from the crew yeah the archives trade paperback twenty dollars for the first five issues of tales from the crypt as opposed to 50 for every other version that we've had. Yeah. Uh, it has been like, it's, they've never done this before. This is that full-sized, glossy, beautiful color version of Tales from the Crypt, but it's in paperback, so it's only 20 bucks, as opposed to the gigantic Dark Horse reprints that were very expensive. They were all 50 bucks a pop. Um, so too, this, too many bucks. This is your time. $50 is too much, especially for five issues, even though EC is so amazing and I get it. I understand why they think they can get that for it. Um, considering people are paying thousands of dollars an issue for it. Uh, it, it keeps the rest of us. Out, yeah. Those of us who don't spend thousands of dollars on comics. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, technically, I guess I do spend thousands. Of dollars <laughs> I mean, it's different. to sell. <laughs> that's a little different. <laughs> that, that's, that is different. Um, so here's one that I wish to God I had read. I didn't get to it in time. Damn it. This is Eve oh, number yeah, one. I read this. this book looked awesome and I wish I'd checked it out. Tell me about uh, this. It is a like daughter of a scientist who is put in like cryo freeze, uh, because the earth is dying. And then she comes out of cryo freeze wearing a cool fishbone t-shirt and nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she has a, like a robotic teddy bear companion Yeah, and the world is um, submerged. And that's pretty much the first issue. Sorry to spoil most of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's important though, because it, it is, but it looks great. Yeah. I was really stoked on this on this book. So yeah. I'm I'm really looking she, forward to checking she's it out. She's wearing the fishbone shirt on the cover, and I was like, oh, fishbone shirt. I'm buying this. There we go. <laughs> I like these I, people. I totally I missed that she color. was wearing a fishbone shirt. It's like a stylized <laughs> like fishbone shirt. In a way, it kind of like oh, um works um with the with the theme of the 
because there's fish everywhere. and water everywhere and everything's dead and it's a skeleton i don't know it all makes sense. it all makes sense i don't know i liked it uh yes uh fear case number four is out so that series is wrapping up that little mini continuing series. to make the case for fear yes finally someone's <laughs> doing it uh firepower this is the uh this is the penultimate issue to this oh. arc i don't know if they're going to continue after this but uh Issue 12 is going to be the big, like the big reveal of all of the stuff that's, it's all going to come to fruition in issue nice. 12. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's a, like a big oversized issue. Nice. And he hasn't said whether he's going to keep going though, which is kind of frustrating. Hmm. Um, I would like to talk about maybe my favorite issue of the week. I know what it is. That is up next. That is The Good Asian. <clears throat> this book is phenomenal. I agree. Um, this is one of the best written books I have come across in a long time. It is like a straight up, just, it's shocking that they chose to make it a comic because it's like, it would read really well as a novel. Mm. Uh, but it is, it's a noir comic. Uh, and it is, it's set in what, when was it? 1936. 36 but it 36. covers some okay. history uh in there as well it does and i mean that's that's the secondary part of it it is definitely not the most important thing no. but i will say that uh, you know in this in our current in in our current environment with all of the hate crimes that are going on against the asian community and things like that that are happening right now it has a little a, a really nice little little uh front load of some information that is obviously important to the plot and is not just like throwing stuff at you but it is it is also like there was actually a couple of things in there that i didn't know and i'd like to consider myself fairly informed about such yeah. things and i was i was like oh wait what they blamed the chinese for the market crash in the 1800s <laughs> yeah. i had never heard that in my life yeah. and there's weird some very odd things that I, I had never heard of. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but absolutely aside from that, this is a great noir comic. There's a, there's a wonderful gross out moment in it. And there's just a lot of goddamn great writing. Yeah. So much so that when there was one piece of bad dialogue, I got angry. <laughs> I was like, fuck, this one sentence pisses me <laughs> off because everything else was golden. And I still remember it. Uh, it was uh, it was his one like Sam Spade line, which is like, sometimes you need all like sometimes you got to dance to all the music you can find yeah, or something yeah. like that. And I was like, that didn't quite scan for me. But the rest of the book is so good. Yeah, it's you know it's it was really interesting to me about this is that uh, I really thought this was a dark horse comic until I looked at it and saw it was from an Image. Um, I still think it's a it's dark horse comic, and I'm very looking at the Image logo. <laughs> dark horse. It's uh, it's got a Dave Johnson dark cover. Horse. Absolutely. It's, um, uh, yeah. But um, this book could not be any more dark horse if it. Yeah, tried. but at the same token, um, maybe the people making it are making a little bit more money or something. I don't know. Who cares? They 100 uh, percent are making more money because they did nice. it. Image. Uh, Absolutely. But it, this is uh, just you know we didn't really kind of cover. Uh, it's basically I'm a, a, a huge sucker for like a good 
well-developed, well-written mystery, and they are hard to come by in comics. You don't get very many of them. And this is cool because it has like all of that historical kind of background and it's set in 36, which is an era that I'm really interested in, like the twenties and into the thirties. Um, but it's a, like a kind of a classic, like Sam Spade kind of uh, Charlie Chan kind of uh, hard boiled mystery. Yeah. Uh, the main character is uh, his name is uh, it says it right here. Oh I'm sorry. I'm going to do this. Uh, his name is Edison Hark. And, uh, and it is subtitled an Edison Hark mystery, which also kind of makes me feel like maybe this is just the first and, you know, hopefully it'll sell well and there'll I be more. I hope to God it yeah. is. I want this to be, I want this to be a thing. I mean, obviously it could fall apart in the next three issues, but my God, I, the way that this is written, yeah. it just doesn't seem. Yeah. Right. You know, the only thing that I don't love about it, honestly, is the coloring, which is weird because it's Lee Lowridge, uh, who I, I love like that coloring. A lot. I mean, obviously, like he's, I, I assume Lee Lowridge is a man. I'm sorry if that's not correct. Um, damn the name Lee. But uh, it's um, mm. clearly like this guy is like, a really good colorist so it's it's a it's a very clear choice that they made to color it in the style but i just it's very flat and um i don't always love it but it it's it's a noir story so it it works it's noir it's gotta be flat yeah but it's it's like it goes like flat brown to flat pink to flat gray you know so it's 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 definitely like um it's a very very good quality book and if you like a good mystery it's it's got that Yep. It's, it's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because in the, in the back matter, he goes into talking about how he's like, you know, he actually talks about Charlie Chan Mm -hmm. and specifically how this was kind of based on the idea of Charlie Chan. He was like, you know, it's always played by some, some white actor, you know, back in the day. And it was always kind of racist. And then also, and not just that it was racist, it was also really boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was boring and yeah, racist. Yeah, honestly, I've never so, really yeah. enjoyed it, uh, any of those kind of um, there, there's no, there's films. No but apparently it is based but, on a real, actual Hawaiian detective, Chang Apana. I did mm. not know that. Also interesting. And so this is basically going in and saying, well, this could have been good. How about we try to make it yeah. good? And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't say enough good things about it. Probably my favorite book of the week. Yeah. Um, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Till Death Do They Part, Trade Paperback. Um, actually, this is one of my favorite eras of, uh, of Green Arrow. Nice. I, I, really, I really like the post-marriage uh, to, <laughs> to Black Canary era. I thought it was really fun. I thought that they they did really interesting things with the characters in there. Um, I like that. So if you're looking for a good Green Arrow book, this is good standard DC superhero fare. Very cool. Uh, Green Lantern number two. Better than the first issue. Cool. I didn't, I haven't checked. Yeah, it's um, honestly like they really buried the lead in the first issue uh, and most of the second issue. Um, Good. Thank God. But when you get to the very last page of the second issue and you start to like see, Oh, this is what the series is actually going to be about. My only real issue with it is this teen teen lantern character that they always draw. Like she's two feet tall. And I'm like, is it infant lantern? She's a teenager. She'd be like 
she's not two feet tall why do they draw her like she's like a tiny like elf they draw her like she's a yeah right like she's like she's a magic yeah like i I really it makes me hate the character which is not what they want (laughs) um yeah no she like and i'm sorry like i'm saying i hate people toddler yeah exactly it's not that i i hate people who who are small like i'm sorry if i gave that impression just now but uh but i just like i don't know it's just she is not being she's not being drawn as she is being drawn as a toddler there's there's no way around it she looks like a yeah yeah and they're like she looks like a baby she didn't that's it it looks like sugar and spike like a baby it's like it's like (laughs) yeah exactly she looks like what like a sugar and spike style style character she looks like, like one of the peanuts kids yeah she is like when she was in uh, Young Justice, she didn't no. look like that. So no, although she did. It's sort not like of, she was like they. She had a little bit of that yeah. look, but I mean, she was like she's younger than yeah. them. Yeah, she's supposed to be like thirteen or whatever. But but there's a character that comes in at the end of this that uh, I was happy to see make a mainstream DC uh, universe debut uh, outside of their previous. Uh, uh, awesome miniseries that I loved. <laughs> huh. I didn't read it, so I can't even guess at what you're talking about. If you think about so it, gonna, you can. Gonna, I'm just going to assume it's Spike from Sugar. It is, Spike. in fact. Um, okay, good. Uh, Hellions number eleven is out. That's it's going. I I have that's the one that I'm not reading, and all of my like hardcore X Men people are all over it. So I don't know why I'm not reading it, but. Hmm. Uh, it's just, it never looks interesting to me. It's like the one that I don't read. And I think I literally read everything else. Um, Heroes Reborn number one. Okay. So here's the thing. So Jason Aaron is doing this massive miniseries, uh, a seven issue that is all, it's, I thought it was originally just a way to reintroduce. I mean, I guess it kind of is a way to reintroduce. Uh, who are they? Sovereign. Uh, no, <laughs> nice. Uh, it is the Squadron <laughs> Supreme. Thank you. Sovereign sorry. Seven. Uh, I, sorry. No, that's good. Drinking absinthe all night. <laughs> um, no. Um, but uh, I like this book. I actually thought it was really fun. Um, it's it's doing that thing that Marvel loves to do where they smash up characters or change their power sets or whatever, you know, page one, you get a character called, uh, uh, what is it? Dr. Juggernaut. Yeah. And it's just Dr. Doom gets the, the Ruby of Sidorak or whatever, and turns into Juggernaut and he has doom on his knuckles, which is also honestly, really it's good. a great design. Uh, I love it. It's a great design. I, I love the design. I love the fact that this is a Blade-centric book. By the way, another buried lead about this, aside from the fact that the main cover to this comic is garbage, is hot, steaming garbage. <laughs> the art is fine. The graphic design makes it look like a postcard that they're sending out to promote something that they haven't quite figured out yet. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I, hands down, the worst cover of any comic this week. Uh, wow! From any company, wow. I hate it with a flaming passion. Uh, but it is a great comic. 
it's it's got a lot of fun Thor moments. You know, it's written by Jason Aaron, and so it's got his flair for all of these characters, and his love for Blade especially is is one of the things that's on display. And um, and man, no, it's just really fun. There's there's some really great weird characters and some really great ideas. And the little the little thing that happens right at the end, I was like, God damn, that was like I thought the I thought the whole thing was kind of like just like to be goofy and whatever, and then it gave you a real like Marvel feely moment at the end, like a real fanboy, like oh god damn it, I love that. <laughs> so I I was into it. I was super into it. Um, High high recommendation for heroes. Reborn. Nice, yeah. It looks like um, uh, it, it, it on the surface it looks like a like a take on heroes reborn, but in fact it really is more of a take on an album, yeah. but like just within Marvel. Right, right, exactly. It's it's basically an amalgam comic because you do get. I mean, I don't understand what it does make sense. I, think I mean, with Squadron Supreme literally just being clones right. of the Justice yes. League, it's like Roy Thomas created them right. to be the Justice League. Yeah, and so they're sort of what what's kind of going on is that basically Blade is in a world that he knows is completely wrong, and he's the only one that knows everything is wrong, and so he's going around and messing with all of the Squadron Supreme members. And like, hey, what's going on? You know this place is fucked up. What do you know? Why is this like it? And then he's like, okay, nobody's talking to me. And he goes out and he's like, well, if this is the world, then what do I know in this time frame that I could connect to the Avengers that I know? And it leads to a really amazing last splash panel. Um, and it, it's awesome. Yep. Again, love it. Nice. Let's see. Okay. And next, uh, Hollow Heart number three. Still think it's yeah. great. Um, I think people should check it out. Uh, and Immortal Hulk number 46. Oh my God. <laughs> there were some good moments. Uh, my new go to nickname for Thor is Thor Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are some hella hella good uh hulk this yes. is like if you've been waiting for the hulk to like come back and like start being hulk like but like in that way where like in the the, the dickhead yeah hulk. he's the he's the like he's that that like belligerent hulk yeah. which i which i enjoy yeah. it's i like a lot of different portrayals of the hulk but belligerent hulk is really fun sometimes especially when thor is involved that's always oh fun. yeah no i uh, i could not be more pleased the the shit where he's uh he's uh the, the, there's like a ufos moment in there that is just like and, and still like definitely yep. bringing like the this is absolutely horrific like it's like absolutely yeah. horrific like what he does it's so bad i love it yeah. i love it this good stuff in there uh ink blot number eight if you like uh, interdimensionally traveling, adorable cats that never close their eyes, <laughs> you will love Inkblot. It's a great book. It really is fun. And that cat is adorable as hell. He looks like a Susuatari from, uh, from whatever the Miyazaki movie is. Uh, let's see, from Spirited Away. Yeah. Uh, Invincible Red Sonia is out. 
Mm. He's invincible, I guess. Cool. That's all I know. Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, number five of six. Yeah. I don't know if something is going on in this issue that people were excited about or something, or if there's some sort of speculator nonsense going on. All I know is that we got cleaned out and I didn't see it coming. And I'm sorry to anybody who missed it. Luckily, Diamond still had it in stock. So I went back in and I ordered four more copies. So if you did not get one this week, I do have more on the way. Uh, sorry about that. I wish I had been paying closer attention. I thought it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to look up issue five of this to make sure that I have to protect it. And I did. Oops. Yeah, I'm not. That's, that's the thing I have to do now is I have to look up every fucking comic that we list to find out if it's got some sort of speculator nonsense going on on eBay. Every single one, just so that I don't get cleaned out. I, Even though we're down to like two per customer, people will go through and they'll order two of every cover and then we'll get wiped out anyway. What's interesting, so, um, I'm trying to kind of figure out like what, like I flipped through this. I didn't read it like... I mean, I post second shot COVID. I can't retain anything anyway. <laughs> so I didn't really put a lot of uh, effort into, um, uh, you know, really processing anything. But I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what might be speculatory about this Imagine. specific issue. Um, the series has been really good. Maybe people just finally figured out that it's really good. And they're like, oh, I maybe. Maybe it just got under ordered or something. Who knows? Uh, either way, it's still available, guys. So don't be weird. Um, any comic shop can do what I did and just order more copies. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Again, stop being weird, everybody. Stop being weird. Cut it out. Uh, cut it out. Uh, James Bond, Agent of Spectre, number three, is a comic book which I actually hear good things about. Um, don't read it. But a comic that I know has good things about it that nobody reads. We have literally one person who buys this book and I buy multiple copies because I want to have extras because in the future, someone's going to figure out that this fucking book rules and they'll come back for all of them. And that is Kaiju Max. Ah. Uh, this is season six, number one. And uh, it is a great, great book. If you like, I'm, honestly, it's tough because it's not something that you can say. If you enjoyed X, you're going to love this. There just is nothing like yeah. it. It's it's just Oz meets uh, like Oz the prison show from HBO meets a kaiju story meets Ultra Seven and Godzilla and all of that shit just smushed together. It's absolutely phenomenal, but it is you know it's only there is a very limited demographic that this thing is aimed at. It's me and and Chris, one of our other customers, <laughs> like. We're the two people that this thing is like aimed right down the barrel at. So I don't know. There will be other people who will come along and there is a beautiful deluxe hardcover of this. If you ever want to start out, um, which is the best way to do it. All right. Enough about that. Deadpool King Deadpool trade paperback volume two. This is that really good Deadpool series. That uh, it's the, the one that has lots of uh, uh, bloodstone in it. And hmm. Is this Kelly Thompson? Where he, this is the Kelly Thompson one. This is where Deadpool inherits, inherits uh, Jeff the Landshark because uh. 
because Gwenpool was afraid that her series was going to be canceled <laughs> and that he wasn't going to be safe in any of her series. So he needed to go over to Deadpool where he was less likely to get canceled. Uh, Pretty meta. Which was a lovely moment. That was good. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's one of my favorite Deadpool runs. Um, it's really fun. She's just, she yeah, she's really, really good. She goes. That West Coast Avengers awesome. run was really good and that thing getting canceled was dumb agreed with a capital d especially because um, you know at some which, point they're gonna cinematic do the west coast avengers and it's such that her that take on west coast avengers will be what disney wants yeah. to do because it's the best that was really yeah. good that team was really cool it's yeah it's a bummer but whatever i'm sure they had their reasons Last Witch, number five, is out. Man Bat, number four of five, is out. Continues to be a book that feels out of time to me. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me. It feels like an early 2000s book, but a really good early 2000s book. <laughs> it's, um, it, I think it's better than that. Um, and it's more modern than that, but it's definitely like doesn't work with like modern continuity. Um, the art is really good in it, and I love the story. Uh, it's it's just like it's just it's it's kick ass. It's man bad. It's it's weird. Kick ass man bad. I mean, I think I think of that as a compliment in a lot of ways, though, because the way I mean it is essentially it doesn't feel. It feels like it's not bogged down by continuity. It's not no. bogged down in a way that I haven't seen like a, a DC book since the early 2000s when when dc was having its other little renaissance that it had back then there were a bunch of really great books that were coming out in the early 2000s at dc and it felt like like right there you could kind of do stuff without you know without having to be slave to continuity and that's what this feels like to me yeah yeah no it's it's definitely Um, not a continuity heavy uh in any way uh but it's really really good real good uh, Marauders number 20. Continue to maraud. Uh, yes, they are marauding all over the place. We got Metropolis Grove, uh, an all-ages uh, Superman book. <laughs> well, it's about a bunch of kids who live in Metropolis and talk about seeing Superman. It doesn't really have Superman in it. He's an adjacent character. <laughs> but pretty cool. Uh, Money Shot Trade Paperback Volume 2. Nice. He's out. Miss Marvel by Saladin Ahmed, Volume 3, Outlawed, is out. Um, and Next Batman, Second Son, Number 2 of 4, is out. Mm-hmm. This is not my book. <laughs> this book was not written for me. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I mean, you seem, you liked the first issue I like more it. than I I'll be did, honest, so. I don't really love the art. Uh, it's That said, if you like Travel Foreman, uh, it is definitely some of the better like his the last thing people might remember him from is he did a run on animal man the new 52 i think animal man it's which so I, with jeff lemire though. which i also didn't really like um i don't yeah. know it's just like it feels like i don't know i just I, you know it's it does it serves the story it tells the story so it's it's perfectly yeah. serviceable it just doesn't it's just not um, but I like the story right. well, and I'm interested I mean, in the character. I don't blame the I don't blame the art because the story is very personal. Yeah. 
it's it's very, the the problem is, and you haven't seen Falcon and Wilter, Winter I have, Soldier. I've seen it all so the way through. this, this oh, okay, yeah. you have good. It seems like imagine if Falcon and the Winter Soldier was ninety five percent about the boat and then five percent about the superhero. That would have that's kind of how it feels to me. It's like it's so much interpersonal drama. Yeah. It's like it's great to have that to set up the character, but it feels like it, it has bogged the book. Well, down and I, to I me. feel like that is something that um, it's probably written more for a long form collection than for Absolutely. a single issue. Absolutely. But then it's like and just released that, it as a graphic novel then. You know, I can I can see that, right. but I I do like it. I'm. It sounds like I'm shitting on it. Like I I like it. Okay, it feels like to me that this is backstory that they wanted to get out, and it would be very important to have all of this backstory when this eventually becomes a movie. <laughs> like I I love I love all of the strengths that it brings to this and and all of the family stuff, but it's like it's just it's not enjoyable for me to read personally and maybe it also falls to the the way that we have to read them for this thing yeah where i kind of have to snap like, through it yeah no this stuff. is definitely not written if i was for like quick reading yeah. it's 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 not it's there's way more to it than that right like i get basically two of those kind of books a week and i kind of have to pick and choose them and this week, the good Asian was the one that I sat down and read cover to cover. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, and, and this one was one that just kind of, I flipped and I was like. Yeah. And I, and I, I do have to confess, uh, you know, I, obviously I, I said earlier that I didn't really like get a huge amount of time with everything. And I did spend uh, most of my reading time with the good Asian, which I didn't even finish. So my, whatever i mean for whatever worth my opinion on the next batman is whether someone's gonna buy it or not you're you're into it or you're not i just i think it's a quality right, book and it's definitely quality like character building and storytelling um but i do get the sense that it's written that it that it you know th there'll probably be a lot more action in like the next two issues than in the first that, two yeah. and i do get the sense like that actually was true of um eve as well where it's just like and I do get a little fatigued of, uh, you know, full issue, single issue comics that are just set up where nothing happens. Yeah. Like, I think that like you look at um, and I, it, it's just a really easy example and, and relevant to what we're talking about right now, like that Iron Fist comic, uh, you know, yes. Hama, every issue has a beginning, a middle and an end. It has action. Yeah. It has, you know, character defining moments it has all of that stuff and i think that if you are putting it out as a single issue i think it's really important to remember that and i think that it, it hurts a book when some people like us are talking about it and saying like well we don't really like it right. because you know and it's it's not like it's a bad quality book it's just like it's a great trade, you yeah. know? And it's like, I just wish that if yeah. it's written as a trade, it should just be released as a trade. Like in a lot of ways, trades are just big yep. single issue comics anyway, you know? I would also like to circle back to Larry Hama mm. um, just to say some nice things about him specifically. Uh, holy shit, isn't it fucking amazing? Have you seen another writer who was at the top of his game in the early 80s come back and write something that is one of the best versions of something 
in 2021. Yeah. Well, he does that happen I, ever? Period. I, I, I think it happens with people. I don't think it does. I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. He's an amazing editor. You know, like I was telling you personally, like when I like over the course of the pandemic, I did a few uh, like kind of virtual symposium kind of things. I did yes. one with Howard Chaikin and I did one with um, uh, Priest and uh, every everyone that I did one with was like, Larry Hama is the best. And and I started, it actually made me, uh, I picked up- the, He is goddamn. Yeah, I, I picked up the first 15 uh, issues of G.I. Joe recently and I've been kind of slowly working my way through them. And like, you know, it, he, like he, he does, but he- the coolest thing about this iron fist book is that like it, he clearly read the, you know, he understands that there are people who follow iron fist and Mm -hmm. they like the Matt fraction stuff. So it's not like he's just going to come in and write a night. Like if John Byrne did iron fist, it would just, he would just go back to like the shit he was doing. And I mean, sorry to shit on John Byrne. I I shouldn't do that, but like that's, I get the sense, but that's, that if he were going to do that, that like, he would just be like the root of the character is what I, you know, what I do. Whereas Hama is like, I'm going to do a story that's the root of the character, but I'm also going to incorporate fat Cobra and, you know, seven, the bride of spiders or whatever. And all those spiders, all those guys. And then also power man. And also like he's, he works in sunspot and like all this like deep Marvel continuity, but it's like, it's just kind of like there. for you to appreciate if you know it but like if you don't know who sunspot yeah. is it doesn't hurt like he tells you who sunspot is in his script <laughs> so it's like if you don't know who he is yeah. it's like okay here's this guy from the x-men who shows up um but like you know and then he you know continues to be like a peripheral part of the series but then there's also these new characters as well and like i think there's elements from books that i've never read that like are just you know so it's like that's that's good writing you know like and i'm not saying that next batman isn't good writing i I do think it's good writing but it's a different kind of good writing no i'm i'm just circling back to point out that larry hama is one of the best writers in comics and has been for 40 fucking years yeah you know and i think it's i think he doesn't get even i don't think he gets 10 percent of the respect that he deserves I don't think he gets 5% of the respect that he deserves. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know who he the is. The shit that he has done, like, he basically has changed American society with his writing. Mm. He has done things that were, like, the martial arts stuff that he brought into, like, G.I. Joe, where it was, like, a commando who was a ninja and all that shit. All this, like, like all the ninja movies that came out of the 80s, basically have larry hama to thank for their existence yeah he's the one that brought ninjutsu to the forefront of like american consciousness yeah. he's and that's just one of yeah. a million things his wolverine run is the reason people care about wolverine the way that they do yeah and that he brought in all of the things that are interesting about wolverine that came from him. But it's like he because he's coming at it from an editor standpoint. Like it's it's not yeah. like he understands what makes a good story, but he also understands like what makes a good character and what readers like. Whereas like you read all this stuff about like these editors from DC, editors from Marvel, whatever, like from the eras, the classic kind of eras, and they all had these ideas of like what 
people wanted, what the readership wanted. And it's like, they didn't really know. They just had theories that they stuck to. And that's why there's like gorillas on every DC comic in the sixties and all this other stuff. But like Hama like gets what people like, what that target audience that like, and I, I think it's like that he's writing for a different target audience today. And I think that's why he understands the audience in the GI Joe era. He was writing for teenagers now he's writing for us, you know, like it's, you know, the yeah, teenagers of then now, uh, you know, I don't know. I can't say enough and good also, stuff about him. And I love that Iron Fist comic. And how much would you like to eventually get to see the, uh, the Mort Todd movie that has Larry Hama uh, as a ninja and has uh, Neil Adams as well? I don't know why I've never heard of this, but sure. Yes yeah uh, like they it. did they did some sort of weird film larry hama had like ass length long yeah hair, yeah he used to and he and he played a he played some sort of like martial artist who had razors taped into his hair <laughs> and that was how he killed people was by swinging around and slitting their throats with his, wow. <laughs> his crazy hair that sounds like a more i want to see it like that really badly like back in the we need to get yeah it. We need to get yeah, it and do a, a screening, screening of yeah. it because he has it somewhere and we just need to hold him down and say, give us this thing so that we can show it to the world because this thing sounds really stupid yeah. and people want to see Neil Adams and Larry Hama acting. In a Is it a finished movie. film? I believe so. I mean, it's. I think it's a finished 15-minute film or five-minute film or whatever. But Yeah, I mean, he's probably got like some plan for it, but uh, we, could, we could reach out. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Could. yeah could i mean it break into a storage do you locker. remember like the stories back ah. in the day of like the you know like the mosh pit where someone would put razor blades between their knuckles and spin around in the yes. mosh pit and stuff that sounds like just someone who was conscious of that like but just for ninjas oh yeah <laughs> yeah just just for ninjas hair coloring um yeah did you know uh larry actually, hama for just for ninjas hair coloring. Uh, fun fun trivia of larry hama that i'll throw out there that i know um if you know the Repo Man soundtrack, there's a cover I of do. the um, of Pablo Picasso on there by a band called mm-hmm. Burning Sensations. And Larry yep. Hama was in a band called Burning Sensations, but it's not the same band. But like there was like beef between those bands because it was like they both came up with the best band name of all time independently. <laughs> Which like is burning sensations. Oh, that's rough. Uh, but yeah, yeah. He was uh he was in a bunch of bands, I think, back in the day. But his his I think his main band was was actually called Burning Sensations. So you wind up with a ghost ghost AD uh ghost BC situation. Yeah. Or a uh <laughs> subhumans uk yeah. subhumans canada situation right um, or like astro man yeah. or astro man gamma <laughs> man or astro man alpha except for they're that's, not working together yeah that's that's just merchandising yeah, yeah. that's just clever merchandising uh okay Sorry. my knowledge is not as deep as you terra noctera number three again this book is so good i love it to death um continues in the same vein uh yeah just read it you're gonna like it the fucking book is nice uh scary monster it still kind of pisses me off because of how bad that cover was that (laughs) first cover really was like threw me for a loop i'm like oh this is not gonna be the thing that you want to read and then it's like 
goddamn genius. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, Scary Monsters Magazine 121 is out, which is cool. It is a, uh, a House of Frankenstein Ooh. remembrance issue about the really cool magazine of the olden times. We got a Sensational Wonder Woman number three out. And we have another book that I got to say kind of took me by surprise this week. Um, I didn't think I was going to like this. And I am not, I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan. Every, unfortunately, I think everyone in the world is a Star Wars fan to a certain extent. Uh, but man, God damn it, War of the Bounty Hunters <laughs> Alpha, number one. You got me. You absolutely hooked me with this one. This was really, really, really fun. I mean, obviously being a Boba Fett issue, it's going to have, a, it's going to have an appeal to a wider audience that has been looking for something like this. But this was really like, this was clever. It's essentially, he's just loaded up Han into, the, into his ship. And it's like the, the carbonite starts beeping and he's like, oh shit, this wasn't meant for people. This is definitely going to kill him. And I'm not going to get paid if he's dead. So I need to do something. He goes down to this planet and talks to this person who he knows to be a, a programmer and like he's gonna he's gonna save Han's life so that he can keep going but then he has to participate in this fucking like crazy pit duel with all these people and so much actiony nonsense and so much like setting up a gigantic every single bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe all competing to find uh, Han Solo. <laughs> because the, the carbonite thing goes missing and it's worth a huge fortune. So everybody's after it and it's going to be a big free for all. And it's going to be one of those, like, you know, it's one of those goofy things that is just only the stuff you want. It may be, it may turn out to be too much cake, but it also might turn out to be really good cake. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell. It definitely has a Freddie versus Jason versus, versus Ash vibe to it in my head which turned out to be really fun uh but yeah i'm excited to see all these dumb stormtroopers like that guy with the diaper and uh that guy with the bug face and uh old mr mitten hands uh you know all your favorites all your favorites and bosk of uh, course yes <laughs> all your favorites and dangar <laughs> wait wow. isn't dangar the guy with the diaper is i hear i think dangar's the diaper guy Dengar. I remember like getting oh, that Dengar. action figure and just being like, oh, this is all they have. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's bowling friend in action figure form. <laughs> I'm Chuck. Yep. Bounty Hunter. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, Pretty much. Strange Academy number 10 is out. This is, uh, this is a very fun uh, field trip issue. They all go to Asgard uh, to visit with uh, the two Asgardian people's parents. We find out who is the they. We find out the mother of the the two twins from Asgard, and it is uh, obviously a big shocker. And they don't want anyone to know. And it leads to some interesting little moments with uh, with our friend Doyle mm. and. I couldn't love Doyle as a character any more than I do. He's like, like one of my favorite characters in Marvel right nice. now. 
uh, more Doyle Dormammu. He's the best. Um, and the issue is great, as always. Suicide Squad number three. Better than the first issue. I didn't hate this one. Yeah, really? I mean, I, I didn't. Th- it, there's but... a lot about it that could improve, but cool. Uh, I, I mean, that's better than the that's better than that first issue I read that I was like, I never need to read. This yeah, again. I mean, honestly, you still probably don't need to read it. I mean, coming off that yeah. series, that oh my god, you had the best Suicide Squad run that I've ever read in my life. Like that 12 issues was perfect. It reminded me, it was like the Suicide Squad version of, uh, of West Coast Avengers. Mm. And it was like, they, they felt actually kind of similar and loved it. And then it went away and I was like, well, why did you replace it with this 90s nonsense? Well, you had to, I mean, why it's 90s, I don't understand at all. But like you did have to uh, take into consideration that like there is a movie coming out that has, although that said, it's yeah. like the only thing this comic has that's in common with the movie is Peacemaker and the, Peacemaker. The, the, the tone of the series is nothing like the fucking comic, like the movie, like seems like it will be yeah. based on the trailer that is amazing and that everyone has seen. Like, so I feel like- I mean, the humor that was in that last Suicide Squad series is more akin to James Gunn's style of humor. A little bit. I mean, it, it was seems- it was a little more serious than it did have like it was funny at times, but I, I wouldn't quite compare it. Like we will we'll agree to disagree on on our comparing it to West Coast Avengers. I don't think they're really very similar. Fair enough. Um I did love it. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh Swamp Thing number three. Yeah. Is out. My favorite issue so far. Man. I, again, since uh, Future State, I've loved every single issue of Swamp Thing. This is definitely the best issue so far, but I still actually, I don't even know. I, I like the first two. I think that what I liked about this one is that it rooted it in uh, DC Universe for the really what mm-hmm. I feel like the first time. Like, obviously, Swamp Thing is DC Universe, but like, it didn't it felt like an alternate timeline or something or like it still was happening in the future or something so bringing poison ivy in and also another character that shows up another um, character that is very and pretty important to swamp thing um and was just like oh my god that oh oh, the ending of this issue when he shows up and starts talking to him holy fuck oh so good it was good this book is awesome Read Swamp Thing, goddammit. Yeah. It. It's only a 12-issue miniseries. Awesome. What, do you, what do you got to lose? Yeah, come on. Um, the Union, number five, is out. Uh, I'm sure somebody's read it. That somebody? Is Spoiler, Amazon.com shot the Union down. But I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Thor and Loki, Double Trouble, number three, is out. Fun. We got uh, a Tiny Titans trade for Pet Club. Also fun. Vampire, the masquerade, the masquerade, number eight, the masquerade, um, is out. I believe it's about masquerading vampires. I thought it was about sure. people masquerading as vampires, but I don't know. Yeah. Also, I've been completely uh, unconscious yeah. of what in my camera is. So you've been looking at my chin for like this entire time. If you're looking at me, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's your chin. It's a chin. That's bad. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we got. Uh, I'm see. I'm actually looking down at my list. Of oh, things. you're not looking at the camera at all. Well, now, now I'm, I'm self conscious. Um, so, uh, Vampirella, which is like Vampire the Masquerade, only she's not masquerading at all. She barely wears anything. She's a Vampirella. Um, she's. It's like it's like Ella Fitzgerald in vampire form. <laughs> vampire Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> We've got. Uh, Walking Dead Deluxe Edition, uh, number 14. We got the trade for We Only Find Them When They're Dead, volume one, which I guess I must have just reordered and it wound up in the new issues. I don't know why it's there. Uh, Wind, number six is out, which is wind with a Y. Um, Let's see. We got, uh, oh, we got the trade paperback for Wind as well as issue six. And we have X-Men Curse of Man-Thing, number one. Mm. This series is way more fun than it deserves to be. Uh, It got a little kooky in that first issue where it was like, it looked like it was going to go way out of control. Then they kind of brought it back down and it's been really fun. And now we've actually got, I was worried that Man-Thing wasn't going to be in it at all because they just kind of did weird shit to Man-Thing. Like they made him into an airborne virus. and started burning people with little microscopic man thing particles. Uh, but then now he's like hanging out with everybody. So you actually get to have the big swampy monster palling around with people, which I always love. I don't know. There's just something about that. I've always, I know they do it to everybody. Uh, like this is, this is a, a well-worn trope to have the, the like the big dumb brute that doesn't say anything. They did it with Groot. They did it with man thing where the, some otherworldly creature comes in and they're like, why can't you understand how beautiful his language is? My God, he's the most brilliant creature in all of creation. Um, and that was kind of Man-Thing's backstory for the old Thunderbolt series. Mm. When, when he showed up in, in Warren Ellis's version of Thunderbolts, basically, there, I think it was, I think it might've even been Elsa Bloodstone. Or no, it was uh, uh, Dracula's daughter, Lilith. Mm. Maybe it was her. One of them was just like, how come you can't, you guys are too stupid to understand him. He's just way above you, evolutionarily speaking. He exists in all dimensions simultaneously. He speaks all languages. You guys are just such like low (laughs) level life forms. You just cannot pick up on his frequency. It's very sad. It's sad to sit here and watch you guys try to try to comprehend him. and I love that the big shaggy weird monster with the dangly schnoz parts is uh, the most advanced creature in the Marvel universe. Um, and that's what we got, man. Yeah. That's all of the comical books for this week. Um, Quite weeks. The one takeaway is uh, we like Larry Hunt. Yeah. And I wish he would get treated better by the industry. Honestly, it, it all comes back to, uh, I. there was a year... I followed him on Twitter back when I still looked at social media Um, and there was a GI Joe convention and they ran out of space and Larry Hummel was put in the hallway. And I was like, that's you should burn that place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was a GI (laughs) joke. There, there wouldn't be a convention without you. That is uh... a, characters are what they are because of this guy yeah. 
and everybody's like, ah, who cares about that? Mm. Fuck. We've uh, got the no, the, the guy who it. played Roadblock stunt double <laughs> <laughs> in Hall F. Hey. Ooh, yeah. I don't know, whatever. I haven't seen the moves oh, movies. Is that The Rock? Is that who played Roadblock? I believe The Rock did play Roadblock. Yeah, um, yeah the, the movies are terrible. Yeah. I don't um, like action movies very much, so I have not. Of course they are. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible in a way that I find watching. Oh. I love shitty action movies. Okay. Uh, and I have watched the G.I. Joe movies, and I, I enjoyed them, but they are garbage. Hmm. You know, uh, you're talking to, it just happens to garbage it just the the uh, the the um the muse has not str- stricken me yet uh in the in the same way <laughs> that i just researched every fast and the furious movie so that i can watch them all in chronological order you should <laughs> gonna those movies i was that is a that is a series that i i had a, a like a personal beef with just because they seemed so so absolutely stupid and uh, then I, I watched one of the later ones. I think it was Chad that was like, no, 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 no. No, watch like number five or something. Like, they were like watch one of these later ones. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I watched it and it was like, oh no, they're not even pretending anymore that this makes any sense. <laughs> this is just absolute bonker doodles. They're just like, they had a safe on the end of a chain and they were dragging it through a town and they destroyed all of Las Vegas. With it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Now I think I'm into yeah, this. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it at some day. Someday. So, so. Also, possibly the best action movie ever made, Hobbs and Shaw. Ooh. Entirely possible. That might be my favorite action movie of all. Okay. Time. Excluding... Excluding like martial arts movies, hmm. uh, I consider it a that separate is probably, genre. Yeah, it would be a separate genre. Like as far as just like dumb, big, beefy dudes punching each other in the face and like grabbing missiles out of the air and throwing them at stuff, <laughs> which actually I believe happens in the Hobbs and yeah, Shaw. Yeah, they get superpowers and it's they're fighting so... Idris Elba, who also yeah. has superpowers. He has actual superpowers. They have the superpower of being the main characters <laughs> so nothing bad can happen to them nice. uh and that's amazing it's just it's so so fun and very dumb. cool yeah. it's like commando levels of stupid well, i will get to it eventually is impressive <laughs> nice <laughs> you gotta get there uh and also watch commando yeah you know? i've seen commando that's the one where his kid is Alyssa milano now yes, it, is. it is okay yeah yeah i it saw that indeed. back in there and it was written by jeff lowe Damn! So you know it's yeah. good. That guy wrote. Uh, that guy wrote Annihilation, <laughs> the best comic book series of all time. Did. Yep. Uh, uh, so I had fun Jeff reading Lobes, that comic. Uh, I will. He also wrote Team yeah, Wolf. Yeah, yeah. So that's weird. Team Wolf is good. What a what a strange career that dude. Yeah. Had. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm gonna yeah, go yeah, home. I gotta. I uh, gotta relax. My neck. Yeah, fucking you do. Hurts. Lay down. Take some ibuprofen. Yeah. Hang I need, out. I need another dose. All right. Play some Animal Crossing. I will see you next week, Bob. Awesome. All right. Have a good night.